All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Enlighten Me podcast. I am your host, Mackenzie, and today we have a special episode in store for you. I am interviewing a very special guest by the name of Justin Neely, who also is known as my husband, and we are doing a 2018 year in review episode. So, Justin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is Heartfelt Hippie. (laughs) I am excited to get to spend some quality time with you. (laughs) Is that all? (laughs) That's all I'm excited about. We'll see what happens from there. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you (laughs) this time with me. This is how this is going to go. Just a lot of laughing at each other, I think. Okay. So... We had some of our friends submit questions for us that we are going to answer, both reflecting on the podcast and reflecting on the year as a whole in our personal lives, and um, hopefully that we can give you guys some, some good content and takeaways for the year as you launch into 2019. So we have our coffee and tea on this chilly January morning, and we are going to answer some of those questions for you. So are you ready? Let's go. The first question is from my mom. I swear I have other friends besides her, but <laughs> but the first question is from her. She said, how is your pregnancy going? So how would you say the pregnancy is going? Well, from where I sit, uh, not having to actually carry the child, it's going wonderfully. It's been awesome to get to uh, see this baby grow and see this gal step into motherhood. And uh, when that baby popped, the baby really popped, like, what, week 13, 14, somewhere around there? 18. 18, okay, I was close. But yeah, just so cool to kind of go through this journey together, and uh, she is a champ, this gal. But yeah, it's been so neat to just get to talk to the baby and sing to the baby and pray over the baby and see it grow and witness this beautiful pregnancy glow about you. Well, thank you. I don't feel entirely beautiful, but I appreciate that. I also agree that it's going well. I think for all the things we know that could go wrong, you know, we're very thankful for having a healthy baby and everything going well so far. The baby's kicking away, which is very fun. And yeah, it seems to be growing right along track. So we are very appreciative of that, very grateful. And, um, you know, I haven't had too much nausea or too many extreme effects. I am starting to get to the uncomfortable point where I'm short of breath and making many trips to the bathroom. But there are a lot worse things that could be happening. So, And no real cravings. A lot of people like to ask about the cravings. Yeah, that's I people's favorite question. It, more than cravings, I would describe it as her having excuses as to why she wants to eat more chocolate and the baby needs this the baby wants that i've never said the baby needed chocolate okay <laughs> are you sure it's <laughs> chocolate um, i would say we also have a lot of goals for our home and other things going on that are keeping us very busy just trying to prepare as much as possible for a baby which is pretty much impossible to prepare but you know, trying to be as ready as we can be. So that's kind of our focus right now. So, okay. Uh, Rachel asked, if you were to sum up the last year in three words, what would they be? First thing that came to mind was the statement, beauty from ashes. And that's not meant to be like a somber thing. 
Uh, our world wasn't completely broken, I would say, but we did deal with, in 2017, just some adversity, some trials. And so to then be able to walk through in 2018, kind of seeing those in hindsight and what God was teaching us through those things and how we were able to learn from them and grow closer to one another, it just uh, was very clear that there was a plan in it all and it was ultimately for our good and it's helped us to uh, be where we're at now and be confident and faithful and more trust than ever before. Mm-hmm. I agree and I posted a picture on Instagram just a couple days ago of a picture of us and a baby bump and I had said that the past year was beautiful and hard and surprising and I still think that's probably the three words I would go with because there were great things and there were hard things um, and there were a lot of surprises, including this little baby, which is a great surprise. But yeah, I think a lot of years are like that. But yeah, it was it was overall a really good year. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Katie asked, what's been one thing that helped you grow as a couple this year? I think being intentional conversation, setting aside time, daily, weekly, to actually lock in face-to-face and talk about what's going on in our lives, what frustrates us, what we're excited about, but, you know, kind of doing life face-to-face as opposed to, it can be very easy to just be living in two separate worlds, but... Under the same roof. That's weird. (laughs) So yeah, I think we've done a good job of trying to find time to just lock in and communicate well and be intentional. I think that's really connected us, built us up. Mm, That's a good answer. I would say that I think buying a house and doing those kind of things can be really stressful, but I think we've used it to help us grow in how we've set goals together and been on the same page. And like with the home projects that we want to get done, We've done a good job of tackling those together and, you know, cheering each other on when we're doing projects and just being on the same page rather than, you know, me just starting a project and you have no idea what I'm doing. And that's a little thing, but it's so easy to fight over house stuff. So I thought that was a good one. All right. Janelle asked, which one of the podcast episodes did you learn the most from? That's, I think that was the hardest question. Really? <laughs> it's hard to pick just one. Well, I agree, but I was just so impacted by the first one. And my answer to that is twofold. One, because it was where I got to see dreams become reality for you in a lot of ways. You know, you cast vision for the podcast. You talked about kind of what you wanted it to be. So to actually see that unfold for the very first time was really cool and hugely impactful for me personally and you know as your husband just to see man this is really a cool thing and there's a ton of value in it and see it confirmed even more so that my wife is very talented and passionate and gifted and so yeah that was really cool for me to witness firsthand through that first episode and not only was it cool in that sense but it was also hugely informative, and it really opened me up to uh, 
a huge need um, in our world, in particular that topic of water conservation. Jess did a phenomenal job of painting the picture of it not just being something that's, you know, foreign countries far away from us, like that the water crisis affects us, uh, not only in the here and now, but if we don't take it seriously uh, in the not so distant future and in some hugely impactful ways. So yeah, I just saw so much value in that particular podcast, but in general, like what this could be and just how important it was to be talking about some of these issues that you were bringing up. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I definitely agree that that one was powerful. I would say for me, this is such a tough question to answer because I loved all the episodes and I learned a lot from them. Um, but as far as topics that I really didn't know that much about, I think probably the chocolate one was the most... I thought you were an expert in the field of chocolate going in. <laughs> well, I know that fair trade chocolate is important, but I didn't know that much about endangered species and why that's so important. And I really didn't know about how fair trade certification works. I just knew it was a good thing. So I think that one was the most um, educational for me, like a topic that I didn't know a lot about already. There were a lot of topics that I learned more about, but for the most part, that was the one that really, I had no idea what I was talking about in that episode. So, I really enjoyed that. Has it made eating chocolate that much more enjoyable? Absolutely. Yes. It's, been ma- it's made buying fair trade chocolate that much more enjoyable. Guilt-free. All yeah. The way through. Exactly. All right. Emily asked, for Mackenzie, does it make you nervous to have Justin listen to your podcast? Um, Does he ever give you any ideas for content? So to the first part, I would say no. It doesn't make me nervous to have you listen. Just because you were probably... I I just feel like we're... um, I, I mean, I trust you, and we're good at helping each other, like giving each other constructive criticism, and we've always done that. Like... When I was in grad school, you would help me edit my papers, and you help you have me edit some of your work stuff. And so, for me, it's more like you're the first person I would have listened to it to tell me what I need to fix. So, Aww. yeah, it doesn't make me nervous. Um, it makes me nervous to have other people listen to it. But and but yes, to the second question, you do give me ideas for content. I will sometimes feel like I'm having the equivalent of writer's block for a podcaster and not know what the heck to do. And then you just throw out a bunch of names of people we know. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. That's true. That's true. So I'll take credit for some of that being purposeful, but I think some of it is also inadvertent and maybe just annoying you probably at times and it sparking a thought or idea. Yeah. If we're honest. I agree. Yeah. Um, And then she also asked, will the baby be introduced via the podcast? And I don't know if she means literally, like, will the baby be on the podcast? Yeah, it's going to be tough to get an interview early on. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I think she means introducing the baby's name, birth date, weight, you know, those sort of fun things. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes sense to do. Yes. I don't know if that will be the very first introduction. Yeah. No, no, like, you mean compared to 
Instagram yeah. and stuff. Yeah, well, it won't be like uh, we go straight from the hospital, or maybe we do a podcast interview in the <laughs> delivery room. I think there'll be some. I don't know about that. By. No, I think that. My plan is to batch work, which if anybody listens to Jenna Kutcher's podcast, they know exactly what I'm talking about and she'd be very proud of me. But the idea is that you have a bunch of, con- like a lot of content ready to go for times that you're taking a break. So like for me, that would be having several podcast episodes ready. And that could be with anything. Like it could be you have several Instagram posts and captions ready to go. You know, so that it doesn't take you as long to actually put them out there. So that's my plan to have several podcast episodes ready so I can take a maternity leave from the podcast too, but still be producing content. So it might take a while for the baby to be introduced, but absolutely. Well, that all makes sense to me, but I admit it's a little disheartening because I was under the impression that I would just kind of step in and take the reins uh, when you had the baby. I mean, it. Physically, I can't do as much, and so I was going to take over the podcasting for you. Um, with the, uh, it would be a fun name for me, the heartfelt blank. You want to change the name of it too? Yeah, just briefly. You know, when I take over, do my thing for a while, <laughs> take it back on your feet. The heartfelt hubby. Yes, absolutely. So the heartfelt hubby will be coming to you in April when Mackenzie takes a brief maternity leave. Uh, or we can do your batch work approach. So do you know how to actually record and upload a podcast and edit it and everything? No, I mean, I see where the record button is here, so that looks pretty cut and dry. But as far as doing the editing, I would be completely lost, so... People would probably just have to bear with me on every episode because um, there would be no breaks. It would probably be just three hours of rambling. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I don't, we'll, we'll work on that. Okay. Um, all right. Amy asked, what do you want the overarching theme for your family to be in 2019? And then what was the 2018 theme? Well, funny you should ask, Amy, because we just got back from um, a little getaway where we tried to talk about some of these things and um, maybe create some themes. Um, So for 2019, I'll say the motto is to love each other. (laughs) Cut and dry. I think that's really a source of some of our issues has been forgetting to do that in times when we get selfish or interested in our own agenda, so it's a good little reminder, and we do that pretty well. The problems tend to subside. What was the 2018 theme? Yeah, I don't... Um, hate each other. Hate each other. <laughs> yeah, so we just got through the hate each other year. <laughs> we love each other. We'll see how this goes. No, it was probably, um, I don't know, something along the lines of Faith and trust. I mean, we were stepping into the unknown in a lot of ways, and so. I would say change. Change. I was thinking change. Change. There was a lot of changes last year that we already talked about, but, and then I think for twenty nineteen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's also gonna be like, grace, I guess, and just figuring things out. But yeah, loving each other well, 
just because we want to bring this baby into a very loving home. So, okay. Sarah asked, what's been your most unexpected joy in moving as well as the biggest challenge? I don't know if it was as much an unexpected joy. I mean, I guess if I really would have sat down and thought about it, it would have been more expected. But, you know, so much of this move to Charleston was just kind of got seemingly aligning at all where we didn't necessarily go based on preference or, you know, so to then make this step of faith and go to this new place and to experience this Southern hospitality. I think that's been one of the greatest joys because it is a real thing. They didn't know much about it, but to have people be so welcoming and friendly, and you know, for the, for the most part, it's just been really a pleasant surprise and a joy is to have that kind of welcomeness from a lot of people. Yeah, I agree that people have been really friendly and welcoming. I think I was more nervous about making friends and building community, but it's been really fun to get to meet new people and hang out with people and, you know, try out different things to try to make friends and everything. So that's probably been an unexpected joy because to most people that would sound intimidating and exhausting, which it can be, but for the most part it's really fun. Because, like you said, people are so friendly. As far as the biggest challenge, what would you say? Well, I guess that's where I see it as a two-sided coin in that, you know, one sense we've experienced this welcomeness, this southern hospitality, but yet still a challenge has been, in my mind, building community just because, you know, our community really is a deep, heartfelt group that just takes time to grow. I mean... You know, it's one thing to experience friendliness at the grocery store or the gas station, people being welcoming, but to actually do life with people, that takes time. And so we've been in the midst of just settling into a new home, getting our feet under us with new roles, and God's definitely built some relationships through that. But to actually build community, do life with people, that's going to take time. And so that's been the challenges. We're just not quite there yet. We're used to this amazing community that we've had for all these years, and now that's kind of starting anew. Yeah, I agree. I think one other challenge is just um, keeping up with everybody from back home, wherever that is. Like for me, I'm now even, there's more of a time difference for me from my family and everything in Washington now we're three hours apart, which just makes it difficult because by the time people are getting off work and stuff and can actually talk, I'm like getting ready for bed, I feel like. And so just maintaining long distance relationships, especially when there's so many of them, is definitely challenging. Yeah, especially with family. And I definitely knew that that would be hard going in. And it's maybe in some ways been even harder than I expected, but it's all the more reason to be, you know, as intentional as we possibly can to reach out to friends, reach out to family, stay in good touch and see to it that we can still do life with that community, but just from afar. Yeah. Sarah also asked, what do you have, uh, what tips do you have for making moving smoother? 
well, this isn't um, something that can just easily be done, but if if you can avoid being rushed in that process, definitely yeah. do your best to stay away from that because there's just so many factors of, you know, just the sheer physical toll of actually moving things. I mean, if you're rushing through that, that's going to wear on you. If you're rushing through the home buying process, I mean, you're it's not only going to stress you out, but also, too, it puts you in a bad position as a consumer because you're having to make rush decisions and things like that. So if you can take it slow and really think through, pray through the whole process, it's going to put you in the best position possible to make it stress-free and something you can actually enjoy rather than feeling like a burden. Right, because you don't want to make decisions just because you have to. But I think that's true, too, even with, like, the packing process. Like, because packing is probably, packing and, like, the actual physical labor of moving is probably one of the most stressful parts of it. And I think for us, like, we knew we were moving several months in advance, which helped because we, it was like I was able to start packing early on. And, like, there's so many things that you don't need in your house that you can pack up in advance and... let you think through the packing process and the purging process. Yeah, like, of what we don't... What we don't really need, things I've just kept because we've always had them and whatnot. So I definitely think getting rid of stuff is a great, a great thing to do. We did a garage sale, and that really helped. It helped us make money to for the actual move. Yeah, if people are unfamiliar with this concept, I just uh, got to put in a shameless plug. People will literally pay you to take away your things for you. And when you're looking to move and um, purge some things along the way, that is one of the coolest things that could possibly happen. So we should have done like multiple garage sales. That was glorious. Yeah, I agree. We made good money too. So I would definitely say start thinking about what is worth taking with you, what isn't, and start selling some of that stuff because that it's very satisfying. So, and then I also like to say use what you have. Like when you pack, if you can use like clothes and towels and sheets and, you know, whatever to pack up your stuff and reduce wasting newspaper and whatnot other packing materials that's really nice because then your stuff is more condensed too so those are my tips um okay amy asked what is the next big trip you have planned and why well i'm going to answer this question say not so much something that we have just fully planned but dreamed up Uh, around the corner is our unknown baby moon Uh, We continue to be encouraged to do something like that, go on some sort of trip, just the two of us, before uh, the game changes. But yeah, we still haven't really locked that down. Some of it is we really want to conserve time off, and you know it's all focused around the baby already, but we do need to prioritize a trip, the two of us, and just enjoy that before it becomes the three of us. Okay, well, I didn't know we were doing that. But 
It's been talked about. It hasn't turned into something we're actually planning, so we should probably plan that. Yeah, we haven't actually planned it. I was going to say the next trip we have planned is probably Christmas. Next Christmas, a year from now, we are planning on going to Hawaii with my family for Christmas, which I'm super pumped about, and I'm fine with that being our next trip, but we love Hawaii, and my family, it means a lot to my family, and I think taking a baby to Hawaii will be really fun, so that's kind of the next idea we have, and just because family Christmas is getting a little bit smaller every year, so a time to take advantage of time off and have good weather. Yeah. Okay, Rachel, back to Rachel. Rachel asked, what was the last thing you bought each other and for what occasion, excluding Christmas and birthdays? Which is really hard because we just had Christmas and then both our birthdays are shortly before that. So I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, well, I knew right away, although there's a caveat with this, I kind of initially set it up as this is a Christmas gift, but that was purely because it was coming around Christmas. Um, so it was only fitting that this gift wasn't actually going to be able to be shipped till later. So now it will just be a special gift. So you're not even going to say what it is because I, I have not. It so everyone here is hearing first that the anticipation that is this gift that um, just kind of came together for. I think she's really going to enjoy it and maybe... Can you say maybe... something that I've actually received? Well, okay. The one that comes to mind <laughs> is gifts I gave you for our anniversary, which um, we're really far into this, being five years into marriage. And a theme that we tried to start into was the anniversary year gifts. So there's different... Like paper. Yeah. I was unfamiliar with this concept. That might be hard for some of you to believe. But uh, year number five is the year of wood. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got the idea to connect with my uncle, who has the hobby of woodworking, Um, and just see if maybe we could dream something up. And um, what we ended up going with was a beautiful like three-cross piece that she could put up on the wall, and the wood actually came from the timber that was the backdrop for our wedding ceremony that we had outdoors on his family farm. And so that's just something we can always remember as not only a piece of our wedding day, but a celebration of five, our first five years of marriage. Yeah, that was a really sweet, unexpected gift. What, do you remember one that I've given you that wasn't for your birthday or Christmas? Listen, I just had the challenge of <laughs> thinking of my own gift. Well, I, don't, you. I don't know. Okay, I can't think of a single thing that I've gotten you. That wasn't for your birthday or Christmas. Okay, well, don't feel bad about that. <laughs> again, you've gone so all out for Christmas and my birthdays that it's hard to think of any gifts outside of that because they've been amazing. Well, thanks. So I'll just say, side note, for my 30th birthday, she gathered up a ton of friends, family, had them record videos for me, 
and I was weeping the entire time. <laughs> and then just this past Christmas, she had spent all this time staying up late making these photo albums of the past few years and just perfectly encapsulated like our time together. And it was super sweet. Oh, well, I'm glad you liked this. The photo albums are definitely clutch because there's so many good pictures but you don't want like everything to be online and so I'm trying to do one for every year we've been married yeah I'm, apparently I need to give you more gifts though sorry okay um Katie asked what's one of your favorite memories from 2018 a specific memory yeah it is one I may never forget because it is a life highlight, but it came in the form of an ultrasound room in which we got to see the baby's heartbeat for the first time. Oh. And up until that point, it was just kind of a negative connotation to that experience. So for this one to be so the opposite and actually get to see that heartbeat and celebrate it in that moment and... It was just incredible, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, that's a good one. That I can't top it, but I would say my favorite memory from 2018 is probably one of the many moments that we had in Europe, just because that was a big bucket list trip for both of us. We got to see so many awesome things, and I feel like the most picturesque moment was when we were in Switzerland, and we hiked slash took cable cars up to up through the Jungfrau region so like in the Swiss Alps and we found a beer garden and played cards and had a drink and it was like I mean it was summer but it's like sitting in these snow-capped mountains just the most amazing view ever that was just it was really peaceful and fun and one of the really good memories from our trip I would have to agree, and in fact, you describing it brought me back to that very moment, but it also made me think of, even though we were surrounded by such beauty, I had sneezed in that 24-hour <laughs> period more than I ever had in my entire life, and so even as we sat there amongst the snow-capped mountains, <laughs> I was basically sitting on a water use toilet paper tissue <laughs> and try not to sneeze uncontrollably but yeah we had really bad allergies <laughs> so much for that natural fresh air I like forgot about that okay that doesn't that did not penetrate my memory okay um okay Katie and Amy both asked what are our goals for 2019 what do we want to improve on Personally, so can you give us three of your three of your goals? Okay, three main goals. One is to wake up each morning, start my day off in prayer, study, scripture memorization, make that a daily ritual. I want to read at least four leadership books throughout the course of the year. Four is kind of a low end goal, but it's attainable, and I'm going to make sure that I four in the year. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody post on Instagram that they read 140 books this year. <laughs> yeah, see? you got to set attainable goal. You have to be a hero like the, that person, right? So at least four. Okay, that number could grow. But if I don't get through 2019, I'd be read four of them. 
I'm going to be disappointed in myself, and clearly I'll be a horrible human being based on these <laughs> unrealistic standards. That, uh, and goal number three is to uh, work out at least five times a week. So it's kind of a mind-body-spirit approach. Which you already do, but having a baby might make that difficult. Yeah, so that's I'm a good gonna, goal. I'm going to work on my dad bod in, <laughs> in good ways, not bad ways. Yeah. Okay, my goals, um, three of them are, one, to rest more. I'm trying to stop filling up my to-do list so much and running through life, always having stuff to do. Two, to have a bedtime, which kind of goes along with that, but just to get better sleep and go to bed at a normal human hour. And then three, to eat less sugar. Because I've been craving sugar really badly through this pregnancy. And I want to work on that. And what you eat, baby eats. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Catherine said, what do people do too much of today? No hesitation. Too much screen time. Yeah, I agree. And it's a part of a lot of the goals that we talked about is looking to eliminate that. Because we'll kind of be setting the tone in parenting and what that looks like and we want it to be from the gates us not being glued to our screens yes absolutely i would challenge everybody to get one of those apps that tells you how much time you're on your phone and you will be really shocked like it'll quickly add up to like three hours even though it's not like you were sitting there for a whole hour staring at your phone but just all the collective time it's really it's not healthy, so. Uh, okay, my mom asked, how are you preparing to reduce your footprint with a baby? Do you know? I do, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, this is a field that McKinsey's a little more inept with, but I, uh, I've thought about this, okay? okay? And I think the best, most simplified way that I, as we, um, could reduce our footprint is just Having to focus on not everything has to be new that we buy. I mean, I know it's exciting to have our first baby, and so to a degree, there's going to be just some natural newness to that, but it doesn't have to be in the form of every toy and outfit. And you know, there's just so much baby stuff out there. Yeah. That the more that we can get used, the better mm-hmm. it'll be, and it'll be just a simple way to reduce our footprint along the way. For sure. Yeah. No, that's good. I would say on top of that, that we are, I mean, just with my baby registry, I've tried to be really conscious of, you know, picking things that were made in the U.S., you know, uh, like with clothes and fabrics and stuff like that. Um, just because you want our baby to be American? No. I, okay, I shouldn't say just that we're made in the U.S., but just that we're made ethically, as well as with cottons and fabrics trying to pick organic ones that weren't farmed with pesticides and stuff that's bad for baby and bad for the planet so little things like that you know thinking about even the pro- the products that you are buying what's in them and how they are made and then also cloth diapers which i know is a controversial dun, dun, dun. controversial topic but um you know it's how it used to be and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to ever using a disposable diaper. You know, if someone else is watching your baby, I don't expect them to mess around with 
the cloth diapers, but I think it's a great way to save money, for one, and to, yeah, I mean, eliminate waste, because there's so much waste from diapers, and they don't biodegrade, so that's a, that's a big one. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I have no experience with them, but I think it's a really good goal to have. And as we've seen firsthand, this starts on the front end with decisions we're making even now before the baby's here. And a great example of that, shout out, DJ Friday, whose home uh, he and his wife, Yana, we're staying at right now. Uh, DJ works for Sherwin-Williams, and they offer a toxin-free paint, and so we were able to use that for the baby's room and uh, just so much peace of mind knowing that you know we provided this toxin free environment for this little one mm-hmm. agreed alright Catherine asked what chore do you absolutely hate doing I hate doing all of them I hate all chores well okay but if I had to pick one that I like, like that I liked the least I would say if, if I had to pick one that I Hated the most, I would say, dusting, because it's stupid and there's no point, and the dust comes back in a day, and there's always dog hair everywhere. Yeah, and it makes me angry. You've communicated those frustrations. <laughs> um, I would say, definitely anything to do with bathrooms, and so I think McKinsey probably realizes this, um, that whenever it comes to any sort of bathroom cleaning, I kind of run from it, um, which is really going to test me with this baby because I'm already making bold claims like I'm going to be the diaper changer and try to do my part to that end. But yeah, that all kind of grosses me out. Um, I gross myself out. (laughs) So, um, when it comes to other human beings and their bathroom time grosses me out even more. So anything that had to do with cleaning the bathroom, in particular the toilet. Yeah, it's definitely gross. I don't understand the people that are like, I love cleaning. It's so relaxing for me. I picture those people just like hugging the toilet. And <laughs> it just doesn't even make sense to me. No, me either. I don't get it. I wish I was like that, but no, I'm not. Um. Okay. What is, okay, this one's from Amy again. What's the most obnoxious thing that the other does in your relationship? Okay, I feel like I see already how my response to this is going to trigger a response in you. Uh, You're going to try to justify it as something that you should be able to do, and it's wrong, okay? (laughs) And that's stealing sneezes. Sometimes when... It looks like I'm anticipating a sneeze, and my mouth begins to open. Mackenzie <laughs> will immediately shove her finger in my mouth. So in your it, mouth? That's what it, yeah. I've never done that. Okay, too close for comfort wherever you're I plug your nose. Plug my nose. Why would I put my finger in your mouth? <laughs> Just whatever you can do to steal the sneeze, and it's, it's wrong. It's immoral. It's sinful. It's wrong. Okay, first of all, I would never stick my finger in your mouth. That's so gross. <laughs> I've yeah, never done I that. I forgot that it's a nose plug, but it's just, it's all up in my business. It needs to stop. 
Well, that's because you sit there for a minute, like... <laughs> it's so annoying. So, either sneeze or don't. So I don't... This isn't purposeful, but apparently I am a sneeze drama queen, and... <laughs> You know, that's just the way my body responds. I, there's nothing I can do about that. So for you to stop this natural body process by either <laughs> reportedly shoving your finger at my mouth or that's squeezing my nose, it. it's just... Can we just clarify wrong. that I've never stuck my finger in your mouth for any purpose, let alone to stop you from sneezing? That, how would that even stop you from sneezing? Your listeners can only speculate. <laughs> I do sometimes... Bog your sneeze, but only if it looks like you're going to sneeze on something that you shouldn't. Because you also have the bad habit of forgetting to cover your nose. Well, it, the sneeze just takes control of me, and I lose all function. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the most obnoxious thing you do in a relationship, besides sneezing, is... Well, what's the most obnoxious I kind of thought this would come without hesitation for you, so I'm encouraged. Okay, I would say the most obnoxious thing that you do is... After much deliberation, because you had a hard time even finding one, I think. No, I just had a hard time picking, which is oh. the most obnoxious. Um, you, I think sometimes you forget that you were once a functioning adult on your own that didn't need me. And is this going to get into your theories on the man cold as well? <laughs> no, but just like, like with cooking or wanting a meal, like sometimes you forget that you can also get yourself food, you know, like you also know how to make toast and eggs and things like that. And, <laughs> and sometimes I'm very busy and you ask me for help with coming up with something to eat for breakfast or lunch, and I have a little patience for that. So that's probably... That gets on my nerves a little bit sometimes. Well, I'm all for helping you, but sometimes it's not the place or time. New resolution then for 2019. Prove to you that I'm a functioning adult. <laughs> that you want By making my own toast. <laughs> I blame your mom for it. <laughs> okay. Um, this one's for Justin from Janelle. Do you ever go thrift shopping with Mackenzie, or does she do all the shopping for you? Well, just like I actually do know how to make my own toast, I also can do my <laughs> own shopping. It doesn't happen as frequently because Mackenzie is an expert in the field. But on the rare occasions that I do go, I probably enjoy thrifting the most, not only because of its uh, reducing our footprint, but also to one of my most enjoyable hobbies. I don't say I'd partake in it often, but when I am in a thrift store, I love looking for the hidden gem. Mm -hmm. For those the of you who don't know, I'm kind of, yeah, and I'm kind of reluctant to even share with people because then they could go out there and find the gem before me, but I go through all the shirts in my size, um, just expecting to find the perfect tee. I think in my mind it's probably something vintage. I, I don't even know if I know exactly what it is. Maybe it has an eagle on it. Something, yeah, maybe an eagle, maybe it symbolizes 
the freedom of America. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's that's where I enjoy thrifting is trying to find the perfect tea. Yeah. So you don't go with me a ton. But when I do, you can find me in the t-shirt aisle. Yeah. You ha- you get fun out of it, I would say. All right. So, back to Nancy. She asked, what are five takeaways you each have from the podcast episode so far about having an impact? So that can be environmental or social justice or whatever. So what's your first one? Yeah, well, I already mentioned earlier how impactful that very first episode was, but with just opening us up to just the sheer magnitude of the water problem. I think all of us knew to a degree it's, it's something to be considered, but you know just how pressing it is that you know, we have to take action now, and it, our willingness to choose to take action has a global impact far greater than we even realize. So, And with that, it was just understanding, and there are even little things we can do. It doesn't have to be just this monumental step, like the turning off the sink when you're brushing your teeth, uh, um, turning on the shower head, you know, rather than just running the water directly into the tub. Yeah. Um, but actually turning on the shower head to reduce the water pressure and in turn the amount of water that you're using just to even get it heated up. I mean, there are just little things that you can do that reduce that water use that much. Mm-hmm. That was one of mine too, I think just learning about all the little things at home that we do that suck up water, like even having the heat higher, like if you can lower the heat a little bit, it helps to reduce energy, which therefore saves water. And then um, changing out your shower heads to be the water conservation kind. And um, yeah, just a lot of little tips for how we can make a difference, you know, no matter where we live or what we do. Just little tiny things. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was number two? Well, these aren't necessarily in any order, but it was mind-blowing to me to hear from Janelle and be opened up to the fact that it's a very real thing. We all have stereotypes that are formed in our minds, racial biases that we have simply by the way that we were raised, whether it was inadvertent or or not, like our environment shapes the way we view uh, our world and in turn minorities. And so for her to talk about just one, having an awareness of those, like not being naive to think that those don't exist. So acknowledging those and then in turn, you know, living in reflection to the, of those, like we're not just walking out those stereotypes or believing them to be truth, but actually finding out the facts behind that and allowing that to shape then the way that we view others. Yeah, absolutely. My number two was learning about poverty. Um, I think both from Emily when we talked about poverty in Africa, but also from Nate when we talked about poverty in the U.S. and the Western world. I think it it was just surprising to learn what poverty really is and how it means different things in different parts of the world and how we can actually help to change it rather than just enabling it. That's impacted me in just thinking about, you know, where I want to give my money and, you know, even like the food bank 
it's a great place, but is that really solving the problem? It's caused me to ask some questions like that. So Yeah, they did a phenomenal job of giving us real life action steps that we can use no matter where we're at, what season of life we're in mm-hmm. to actually evoke change. Yeah, that's good. Three for me came in the form of uh, just broadening my view of, of fostering. Like I totally admit that as much as I might have seen some value in it, initially I was, I've been so fearful of even considering it personally for us because I felt like I was the type of person who couldn't, you know, develop this relationship and love a child only to give this child back. But just seeing the value in that is, you know, isn't that exactly what it should be in us being a part of the process that is caring for children well, Mm. building up families, you know, we could play a key role in what is um, changing lives. And that's by being willing to do the yes, tough job of being a foster parent, but doing it in such a way that helps this child for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. My number three was learning about the bees and um, things you can do at home. I knew that planting flowers was part of it already, but I didn't know that not weeding really helped the bees. There were a lot of good little things we can do to help the bees, but I think not weeding was my favorite because <laughs> that's awesome that you don't need to weed and the weeds can help the bees. So. Uh, for four, um, I loved hearing from my man, Rob Meister, and uh, one of the biggest takeaways from him was how we can be a part of the solution um, that helps evoke change in, in the industry, in the food industry. I mean, it, it just makes sense, and I never really thought about it. And You know, we sit here and think, well, how can we bring about change to what is just this monumental industry? in food service and uh, it can be as simple as you know just making personal choices like the the best example i felt like you gave is okay if if we want to reduce plastic waste you know we can simply choose to not ask for a straw and then we might think that's just us um, reducing that one bit of plastic waste in one single straw but if more people make that personal choice well then all of a sudden we've started a movement that leads an entire industry to say, oh, well, I don't actually need to buy all these straws because supply and demand, the demand's not there. So we don't have to add to the, the waste. And I just felt like, man, that, you know, if you're going up the, against these juggernauts of industries thinking that you can make change, you actually can. It can start simple and small and grow. Juggernauts? Juggernauts, <laughs> like the McDonald's of the world. I didn't know that's what that meant. Okay, my number four was from my conversation with Diamond about being a single parent, and I just thought it was really good how she shared about the stereotypes of single parents, just that being a single parent doesn't mean you're constantly struggling or poor or, you know, whatever, like down in the dumps or that you want or need a partner to get through. I just thought it was really good to challenge those stereotypes that most of us have in our minds. And, um, yeah, it changed the way that I think. That's good. 
Okay, what was your number five? Well, Samantha just blew my mind. The Gathos Athleisure. Yeah. I had literally no idea that our clothing can have toxins in it that um, affect us. Um, and so when you're thinking about that, which you literally put on your body every single day, um, and that should certainly be something that you consider and what you're wearing and how it's affecting you. And so just to be mindful of that and to consider in the clothes that I buy, how it's made, um, not only is it made in a sustainable way, but is it also um, you know, good for the environment? Like what's going to happen with this piece of clothing that yeah, I might wear for a little while, but it's going to end up somewhere. And, um, you know, am I choosing clothing that is not only good for the environment, but good for me as well? Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, my last one was um, learning about green cleaning with Diana. I just have never thought about what we're breathing in when it comes to cleaning and even how we can take that outside of the home and talk about it in our workplaces and schools and whatnot um, and how we can even use it as a way to stand up for those that are less privileged. Um, I thought that was really interesting and something I'm working on. All right, so those are our five takeaways. Um, Rachel asks, knowing everything that has gone on this year, what would you say to yourself to help you get through the tough times and enjoy the good times? What first came to mind was just let go. I mean, we've, if we've learned anything, it's that, you know, so much of this is outside of our control. So if we just dwell on trying to make everything right, perfect and happy, uh, we're going to be disappointed. But if we just kind of let go and have faith and trust, we can know that ultimately everything's going to work out as it should. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would say, too, that I think remembering the good times is really important in the hard times, like remembering that God's going to take care of you and that, you know, there's going to be bad times and there's going to be good times. So kind of remembering those good times when you're in the midst of the bad to get you through is important. So Catherine asked, this one's a real intellectual question. Um, would you rather look like a potato or feel like a potato? That is an excellent and highly educational question that I think these listeners need to have answered. Um, my answer to it is uh, that there are days when I choose one or the other. It really is a mood question more than anything, but probably overall, I'd rather look like a potato just because feeling lazy or um, bored or dull just absolutely kills me. And so I think I would really struggle with feeling like a potato and the mental toll that that would have on me. I agree. Although I think it would be hard to motivate yourself if you looked like a potato. Well, I think they directly relate. If you're looking like a potato, it's probably because you're (laughs) feeling like a potato. And if you're feeling like a potato, you're probably going to start looking like a potato. Okay. Yeah, okay, I agree with you. I'll I'll say the same thing. (laughs) We should all ask ourselves these questions. (laughs) Okay. Kate wanted us to answer some of the questions that I ask all my guests. 
So I'll just pick my three favorite ones. Okay. So first, um, what's the most impactful book that you've read? Token Answer is the Bible, uh, without a doubt, the most impactful. But another one, too, that your listeners could consider for themselves, especially if they're looking to grow as a leader and um, just develop what it looks like to um, empower a team, build a business, build an organization, um, just further a cause. A book called Chestnut Checkers by Mark Miller really just opened me up to some tangible ideas of what it could look like to lead well. And I just felt like it spoke directly into my current life situation and role um, as a ministry leader through FCA and really hit home. So, uh, man, that's a big question. Call it the most impactful book I've ever read, but certainly in the season of life, it's been the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would say, I, well, I always say The Hate You Give is probably the most impactful. That was just really powerful for me to learn about racism, but also what to expect when you're expecting is very impactful on my life right now. He's <laughs> so, speaking directly into your life. Yes, by it is. a week-to-week basis. Yeah. What's something that you've heard or watched lately that you think everybody should hear? Okay, I could take a very serious approach to this and go with more of a sentimental or emotional response, but I am going to reference a, a quote I heard online more recently. It came in the form of a video um, interview of the head football coach at Oklahoma State, and uh, he was asked a question about his thoughts on social media, in particular Twitter, and I believe he was quoted as saying something to the effect of, Twitter. <laughs> and I just think it's so profound. Because That's not what he said. He said a curse word. What? What exactly? Go. Give me a <laughs> quote, please. I'd like to hear you. He said, I don't give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. See, I was going to keep it clean for your listeners, but um, yeah. He doesn't care about Twitter, um, well, the story, and uh, proceeds to make a fart sound. And I just think that's a good reminder <laughs> for us. Uh, we shouldn't give a rant's behind about social media. I think we cling to followers and likes and that approval. And, um, you know, I think they're just more profound words than we even realize that we should all look at Twitter and, and social media in that same way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting choice. Um, <laughs> I think that one podcast episode that I shared with you recently, that was really good. Uh, it's from the Going Scared podcast, which I reference a lot by Jessica Honiger. And this episode was called Quit Trying with Erin Edelheit. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, it's talking about rest and like how to manage your time better. But I loved what he had to share about phones and screen time. It was just really helpful to me, even just thinking about having a family and everything. I would highly recommend that everybody listen to that. Yeah, it was huge for us, especially going into that family planning weekend that Mm -hmm. we had. And, I mean, he not only gave great advice, but, I mean, the research to back it up and just how much more productive businesses and individuals can be when they step away from that mentality of I just got to go, go, go and take time to rest, just how much that 
opens up our minds, our imaginations, our creativity, and really allows us to be even more productive than we mm-hmm. could ever even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, um, last, what's a brand or product that you are really liking lately? Okay, one of my stocking stuffers was a product that I had never seen, heard of, um, but has been revolutionary, and that is the straw bit. Um, Kinsey got it for me. She found it through Instagram. Instagram, and um, basically what it is is it's this bracelet that on the inside houses a little tiny straw, <laughs> and so it's very fashionable. You can wear it mm-hmm. and simply um, unattach the magnets and whip out your little straw and use it wherever you want to go, and it cuts down on straw use and puts you at the forefront of fashion all at the same time. I'm surprised that you liked it that much. I honestly thought, he's not going to like this, but I'm going to make him use it because it's good for the environment. But you liked it a lot more than I thought you would. It makes me feel cool. Well, good. I'm glad. Okay, I would say one that I'm really liking lately is just as I've been doing research for baby stuff and making the baby registry, uh, is Burt's Bees Baby, which I didn't know was a thing, but it is. Um, Burt's Bees has a line of baby clothes and sheets and blankets and other things like that. And they're all organic cotton. Um, they're all made sustainably, and they have a pretty good rating as far as how they're made ethically. And they are very affordable, which I really appreciate because... It's been hard to try to find things that I support, businesses that I support that I can put on the baby registry that aren't, you know, asking people to pay a lot of money to get me something. So I'm really enjoying looking through their collections of clothes and bed sets and everything. All right, so that is all the questions. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to our year in review episode? Yeah, I thought you were going to set me up to be able to share my good advice. I had been withholding it up until (laughs) the very end, but um, it is uh, mind-blowing. It's actually something that you initially brought up way back when, but especially as we're gearing up for the start of a new year and doing some planning and goal setting, this whole idea of waking up for my day. Um, is just something I continue to think about because how many times do we get woken up by our alarm and we dive straight into our to-do list and you know start our day off on this kind of negative note of just you know having to take it on and being woken up by it uh, as opposed to uh, really just taking a positive approach and waking up for our day, getting up a little bit earlier, you know, spending time doing whatever we need do to set the tone for our day and uh, seeing that you know helps make the most of it um, I want to continue to each day of 2019 wake up for it rather than rather than being woken up by it hmm. I think I heard that on a podcast somewhere that's how I told you about it mind-blowing take note I like it well Justin thank you so much for answering all these questions with me and reviewing the year with me I hope that everybody learned a little bit more about us and even hopefully got some helpful takeaways as they launch into 2019. 
Um, I have a lot of great episodes coming up with ways to start your year off right with ethical shopping and with eating right and with reducing your waste. And there's just a lot of good content coming up and can't wait to share with everybody to make 2019 the best year yet. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can get all the latest downloaded straight into your library and make sure you leave me a rating or review while you're over there. I would greatly appreciate it. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season and is enjoying the new year wherever you're at. I wanted to say that it's a privilege to be able to join you on the podcast and your listeners get to hear beauty of your heart and your passion, but I can confirm that you are beautiful in every way and uh, I'm thankful to get to be your guy. So for the heartfelt hippie, it is the heartfelt hubby signing off <laughs> and have a great 2019. Peace out. Peace out.